Hello, hello. This is Reality of Reality. I'm Aliza Rosen, a longtime TV producer and development executive. Every week on the podcast, I talk to interesting people in all aspects of unscripted content. Okay, so before I introduce the guest, I want to ask you guys a quick favor. I promise it will only take a minute. If you can please go to iTunes, give me a five-star rating, a short, short review, glowing, of course, would be preferable. I would really appreciate it. Today on the podcast, my old friend and former colleague, Matt Hanna. Matt has gone back and forth between the network and production company side over the years. And chances are, if you've been in the industry, you've either worked with him or pitched to him when he was at VH1 or Esquire Network. He now runs the U.S. arm of Our House Media, doing some really cool projects that we touch on toward the end. And by the way, if you stay tuned toward the end, you're going to hear a really obnoxious L.A. conversation. So you want to stay tuned for that. Okay, this is extremely exciting. <laughs> long awaited long awaited yes. I mean we've been trying to do this for two three years since I started this thing yes and you of course had I had people. legal complications no. <laughs> Matt is wanted he's on the FBI most wanted yeah, list exactly um, but now you're unencumbered and we can we can do this yeah it's, it's very exciting. exciting okay yeah. so here's the deal I always start since I know you're an avid listener I'll just remind you how oh, I start you. every podcast yes. uh, with how I know my guest so I have known you. Guess how long I've known you? Oh, 20 years? Yes. Oh, my God. Exactly 20 years. 20 and you years. know what that makes you? Old. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That makes you the oldest. Wait, no, not the oldest guest. The longest, like yeah. of 80 podcasts, oh I've my. known you the longest of every single guest I've had. That's really Amazing. Yeah, mazel tov. Thank you. That's a, that's amazing, actually. Really, that's, it that's, is. that's special. Well, I was supposed to do Matt Sharp last year and it didn't work out. So just, he would have been my longest because I actually brought him to VH1. I knew him from CBS, like even before right. I knew you. Right. So why don't you tell everyone how we met? Well, and by the way, it's Matt Hanna, not Matt Sharp here. Oh, wait, <laughs> shit. Say, Holy. <laughs> wait, where am I? <laughs> I do an intro. Oh, got so it. So don't you worry, right. sweetie. See, because you uh, listen so much. We met, we met at VH1. We, we did. met at VH1 working under a guy named Bill Brand. Yes. Who was one of the, one of the classics of my career. A pioneer <laughs> in my career. Yeah. Uh, and you had been there already. I, I don't, like, you came from Spin. So let's I, get the I came from, yeah, the yeah. quick, the quick bio. Uh, I well, it won't be that quick because yeah, we have to fill some time, came, but, yeah, but well, up to the VH1. <laughs> I came from, I showed up at Spin Magazine as an intern. I had, uh, I had. Did you go to Fordham? No, I went to Holy Cross. And I was like, I knew it was a Catholic Yeah, I went to Holy Cross <laughs> and like I tried to become an, in, uh, I tried to uh, get into the page program at NBC, not once, but twice. Wow. The second time I, rejects. the second time I sent a letter to Bob Wright, who was a Holy Cross grad and he ran NBC. Yeah, right. And I was like, I need to be a page. And he got me an interview and I still didn't get it. Oh my it. God, really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you didn't use your Hannah charm? I, I tried. I tried. Anyway, mm -hmm. so I ended up um, interning uh, through a guy from Holy Cross. This guy, John Rollins, was working at Spin. He hired me as an intern. Uh, there was a company picnic at the end of the summer. Uh, I missed the van ride i might have been out with some friends the night before <laughs> so i missed the van but it was pouring rain out so i went to the office and i was alone in the office literally alone in the office and bob guccione jr walked in 
And he's like, he was the founder and editor in chief for you kids out there. By the way, magazines are things that you read with page glossy pages. Exactly. (laughs) And 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 Guccione, um, he said to me, uh, "Do you type?" And I said, "Um, "Sure, sure." By the way, meanwhile, I was I was accepted into the Condé Nast roving program. Oh wow! But I couldn't pass the typing test. Oh, that's hilarious. So <laughs> literally like, the one skill you were like, did not yeah, have. They were like, you come back anytime. As soon as you can type, you know, 80 words a minute, you can get into the program. And so it was like a standing offer. And so when Guccione was like, do you type? I was like, of, of course I type. But Obviously. So I stayed there until 1230 at night typing his cover story. And then the next day, Guccione said, oh, you're, you're, you're going to be working for me now. So I started working for him. Oh, that's such uh, a good story. Yeah, like 30 days in. And uh, and it was great. And I had a great run seven years at, was it? at, at Spin Magazine. Yeah, a long time. Oh, my gosh. Long time. And, and was his assistant for a while. And then I basically did new business development and then ended up becoming the associate publisher when I was 28 years old. What? It was like a great, it was a great, great run. Um, but I, my heart wasn't really in publishing. But did um, you think it was going to be in publishing? I loved music. Yeah. That right. was the okay. connection. Okay. I loved music. I thought I could, I thought I was going to end up, not that I could play music, but I thought <laughs> I was, I thought maybe I could work at a, a record label. Okay. I always just loved music. And yeah. so Spin was like a great, outlet for that um and i was on the publishing side and i didn't really want to sell advertising yeah. and that was not what was was calling me so anyway i ended up um they ended up selling the magazine uh there was not a place for me uh after they sold the magazine back to vibe um or back to vibe magazine and then um and then used the connections that i had made in tv so I had met Judy McGrath. I had met John Sykes Mm. just through Guccione and through years. And so I kept knocking on their doors. And then I also came out here to Los Angeles and met Kevin Riley, um, who was at- He was at Viacom? He was at Brillstein Gray. But at one of my, when I was running business development for for Spin, uh, I I came out here to try to pitch a Spin Magazine TV show and was introduced to Kevin Riley at Brillstein Gray and tried to get him to, and so I kind of circled back to him. I said, you know, I met you when I was trying to launch the Spin Magazine nice. TV show, which you were not interested in. <laughs> and um, I would have watched that. Yeah, That's it, a was, great idea. It, was, it was an idea. And, was he and a manager at the time? He was, yeah, a manager okay. at, at Brillstein. And anyway, so, so while I was hustling Sykes and Judy McGrath in New York, I was also doing coverage for Kevin Riley, and and forever and ever and ever, I'll always remember. I covered the. Um, he gave me the Sopranos script, oh uh, and then he gave me the Just Shoot Me pilot, and I told him to replace Laura Sanjiamico, and he said, "Yeah, that's not gonna happen." But oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> but, what did uh, you have against her? Uh, I just didn't. I just didn't, didn't think she it. was a leading lady. <laughs> now, did you yeah, notice? The, did you did you get the brilliance of the Sopranos right away? You know what? I honestly didn't. I mean, I, I I was I thought the writing was fantastic, but what was what was hard to you know to read was you know kind of felt like a movie, but then it 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 was like a, it was a serial drama. It was not. It wasn't like that much action, you know, for a mob thing in the first episode. I love that he was going to see a shrink to talk about 
his family is, uh, you know, like both families. <laughs> family. I thought that was amazing. And there were things about it that I absolutely loved, but I was worried that because it, it, it wasn't a procedural. It didn't, it wasn't self-contained. It was like the soap opera. And so a mafia soap opera. Yeah. Um, Matt Hanna had notes on the sprout. But, uh, <laughs> God, if only you had they had but implemented Ke- you know, but that. But Kevin, Kevin said, he said, it, I, and again, I'll always remember this. He said, you've got good instincts. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I agree with all of them, but this business is about being able to articulate your thoughts, both writing and spoken. And so I was able to do that. And he just said, I think you have what it takes. And when the minute wow. he said that, I said, well, if this guy who's involved in all these projects thinks that, then I'm going to stick to it. And I stuck to it. I finally got in to see... Actually, John Sykes introduced me to Jeff Gaspin. Oh my God. And Jeff was Bill's boss. And Jeff was Bill's boss. And Jeff yeah. Gaspin sat down with me. And the first thing he said was, why would I ever hire you? Yeah, I could totally see him <laughs> saying that. my resume, yeah. like, why would I ever yeah. hire you? Because I, you know, was Holy Cross, a history major. I <laughs> right. worked at Spin Magazine in publishing. And so it was not a lot of TV credits. Um, he introduced me to Bill Brand. Bill Brand um, thought... That I was really good friends with John Sykes. And <laughs> I probably he also have to thought that I was like an editor at Spin Magazine. Yeah, right. And so he hired That's what I thought too, by yeah, the way. <laughs> so he hired me as the assignment editor yeah. on the news desk. Uh, he came in again about a month later and he said, You're not that close with John Sykes, are you? I was like, <laughs> Do you no. even know him? <laughs> and then he said, That's hilarious. And, goes, and what was your exact position <laughs> at Spin Magazine? Too and late. I was, I was like, Associate Publisher. I never lied about that. <laughs> right. And he, and he, and he, and he, and he you know, it was. Well, was, you were one of his golden boys. It was funny. He, it was, he loved look, you. He, he, yeah. was, he was really the first person. I mean, he looked at my ideas and said, yeah, we're not going to do many of these, but you know, you you got what it takes. So come over and and help. And yeah. So, so my recollection of the yeah. time. So I don't know how long I came in ninety nine. So how long had you been there? I started in ninety seven. Oh wow, you'd already been there a couple of years. Yeah. So wow, you had a really long run at VH1. Yes, Jesus. Uh, ten years. That's amazing. Yeah. So when I came, yeah, like so. Okay, so it was the news and docs, yes. uh, which still exists, but it's different than it was. It yes. was really like the thing back in the day. Yep. And for someone like me, I came from news. It was a dream because it was like I kind of had the skills from real news, but yep. it was fun. Yep. And I'm like, oh my god. And then Matt would sit at the top. He would sit. You would. We'd have the, the meetings. Yeah. You sit at the head of the table, yep. and you basically run the meeting. Uh-huh. And we had a re- literally assignments. So like yes. an example was, and I remember this clearly. Uh, REM was involved, like in in civic uh they were civic activists in athens the town where they were all from right and uh there was like a local issue going on there so i went to go cover that and it was super That's fun great yeah i went to athens like did the whole thing and then i went to red rocks to interview michael stipe who was three hours late for the meeting and asked me to borrow my foundation <laughs> and and you were sort of in charge of all yeah. of that and it was i mean those were at least for me probably my best work years like i had it, more fun at vh1 than anywhere it, i've ever worked it was it was really fun look VH1 News was that's kind of an oxymoron. Like really, <laughs> right. VH1 News. I remember, uh, and and by the way, I didn't, I did not, I did not bleed news. Right, I was not, I wasn't from a news background. Right, and I, and so I'll always remember. At one point, I think Madonna was having her second baby, and. Bill Brand runs in. He goes, "Madonna's in the hospital. What do your sources at the hospital say?" 
Hold on, let me get back to you. I was like, you. give me a minute. And so I called Bill. Bill had that a really friend. happened? That's amazing. Oh, yeah. Bill had a friend, Brad Bessie, who worked oh, at, yeah. at our Entertainment Tonight. Oh, right. And I called Brad and I said, Brad, <laughs> uh, Madonna's in the hospital. Well, what are your sources at the hospital? And he goes, Matt, I have a camera at the front and I have a camera at the back of the hospital. Madonna is not leaving that hospital without us getting footage. And I said, that's fantastic. Will you will you share it with us? As soon as we run it, Matt, I'll share it with you. So I run back into Bill's office and I said, Bill, I've got a camera at the front. And I camera. <laughs> he loved it. He was like, good news. Good, good, yeah. good job. He's, He's like putting on his so newsy cap. I didn't, you know, so That's I didn't. Amazing. I, I was not like a new a news person. Right. And Bill came from Rhode Island from he news, right? He came from, right? from, from yeah, a yeah. news background. We so all he did. was surrounding Stu, him, yeah, surrounding himself with with news people. And um and I look, I was I did know a lot of the publicists at the record labels. And so when I was, you know, running, I was the assignment editor and then became the news director. It was really based on the fact that I had these connections. And so I was able to get to those artists, but it wasn't, you know, this deep seated, right. seated news thing. And I, I remember I was dating my wife at the time. We were about to I go remember that. to Mexico, you know, uh, the 1999 to 2000, you know, the millennium uh, right. to go to Mexico right. for the New Year's. And I always said, my wife said, oh, well, you know, what what, what would constitute VH1 News? And I said, well, like if a Beatle passed away, that would be a big deal. And she, and we're uh, literally about to go to the airport and she hears a news report on the radio and she goes, I need to let you know, uh, Ringo Starr was just, uh, no, was, no, no, George, George Harrison, Harrison yeah. was just stabbed in oh, his, in his um, Hawaii uh, house. Is that VH1 News? I said, yeah, yeah, that's VH1 so News. Right. Shit. Called people and made that, you know. I love it. Made it happen. But so eventually, though, that job evolved as VH1 evolved, right? Yeah. So so um, so then a couple of, you know, cr- you know, lucky, fun things started to happen. So one, I, um, I created with a friend of mine uh, a, a pitch that I took to Jane Lipsitz. And to Lauren Zelaznik, um, um, it was a celebrity karaoke show. I don't oh know yeah, I do. I was coach. there for that. Yeah. yeah. So and that was like my first taste at development, like okay. an idea that was on paper that I actually saw, you know, oversaw, and then got them to decide to go and actually produce. Yeah. And we had a theater in Times Square, and we had a karaoke party, and it was ahead of its time. Like yeah, it was right, ahead right, of right. its time. It was <laughs> totally. really funny and eclectic and a weird mix it was based on a karaoke party that was happening downtown that oh, we nice. kind of brought uptown um we had uh the guy who played uh greg brady and we had um <laughs> dr ruth westheimer oh my and we God. had fred schneider of the b-52s so it was like this really and we had yeah. rufus wainwright and that was like the beginning, right, it was amazing like this crazy crazy yeah mix the the only problem is we didn't crown a winner. That was a mistake. Okay. Always, there's always <laughs> got to be a winner, be, yeah. right? We didn't crown a winner, and we probably should have just, just instead of doing an hour of karaoke, we should have do. We should have just done. We should have produced two half hours. But anyway, right. anyway first taste at development. Yeah. Um. Uh. Michael Hershorn came in. Yeah. Michael Hershorn. Was came right in. when I left. Uh. The and then and then um and then Brian Graydon took over. And I remember uh, going and pitching, uh, going to a meeting that Brian Graydon asked me to come. And I had like, I was going to basically pitch 
save the the news department. And Brian was like, well, don't worry about the news department. What do you want to do? And I said, I really want to do TV development. Like that's where I think I, I belong. And uh, he goes, well, what are your ideas? And I, and I, I had just recently become friendly because of my wife with Michael Davies. Yeah. And so Michael Davies was, you know, so, riding super high yeah. on the millionaire. Yeah. Millionaire. And, yeah. and so, uh, how did my, Allison know him? Uh, through his wife, uh, his ex-wife, Claude, okay. uh, Claude Kaplan and, and Michael. And so Allison was friends with Claude and we met Michael and Michael, uh, and I had lunch and he said, I like you. I think I'm going to bring my ideas through you to VH1. And oh, I was wow. like, oh, that sounds great. Yeah. And so I pitched <laughs> Brian, uh, 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 a Michael Davies idea. And he goes, how do you, how, why are you talking to Michael Davies? Cause I wasn't in development. <laughs> right. Right. And, um, and then I also, I, I crazy. I met Barbara Koppel, oh, who wow. Claude worked for Michael's wife yeah. uh, at one of, uh, at a, at a, at a holiday cocktail party at Claude yeah. Michael's. And for and the uninformed, she's a huge filmmaker. So huge, huge. And I, and I asked Barbara, I said, if you could make anything for VH1, what would it be? And she said, I want to do a the multi. Hamptons. Was that the Hamptons? No, no, she wanted to do a multi-part documentary on Bob Dylan. Oh, which was cool, but then yeah. I guess Martin Scorsese ended up doing it. <laughs> right. But I pitched Brian like a Michael right. Davies idea and a Barbara Koppel <laughs> idea. And he was like, We're oh. keeping you around, kid. <laughs> so, so uh, I and, love it. And, and Michael called me. I don't know. This, you asked for my story. This is yeah. my story. Michael called me uh, like the next day and he said, What did you what did you say to Brian Graydon? And I said, I just pitched the ideas. And he goes, Oh, because I've I've gotten phone calls from a lot of VH1 development executives, people who are officially in development. Oh, that's funny. Because I'm sure Brian said, well, why is Matt Hanna talking to Michael Davies? And none of you guys are. So, anyway. <laughs> so that was like. They're all scrambling so to catch I up. Went, so, so it was I a got, good look for you. I got married. I came back. There were uh, business cards on my desk that Michael Hirshhorn had ordered for me. And he said, you're now the director of development for oh VH1. Oh my God. You know, and there were many directors right, of right, development right. for VH1. But, and Michael very, very smartly and astutely said, well, don't go to California looking for ideas. Go the other way. Go to London. Go to MIP. Mm -hmm. And so that's where I went. And so I, I found like, I, you know, I found the tape for I Love the, what you know, I Love the 70s, I Love the 80s. Yeah. Uh, I ended up finding Celebrity Fit Club. Um, where was that format from? Uh, uh, I can't remember. Um, oh, Granada. Okay. I, I, they were. They became another company. Yeah, yeah. Granada was the company. Okay. And uh, and then there were a lot of like millions shows that were in the UK <laughs> at the time, and none of them were very good. And we we just and then Matt Sharp and I developed the Fabulous Life. Yeah, together. I didn't and, know that was a joint thing between the Matts. Yeah, I mean, look, Matt was you know the showrunner and the real yeah. architect behind yeah. it. My, I mean, I I. You know, I certainly was a part of it and helped, but he was the man. And then, but I, I found Stefan Nadelman, who was like the secret sauce. He was the graphics, motion oh. graphics editor. Who, oh, yeah. Who really was, I think, the secret. That, that and also the voiceover. We were flirting between like a Robin Leach right, exactly. or, a, or a hip hop voice. And I the think Robin Leach made it. The Robin Leach yeah. really made it. I think it's time for a reboot of that show. I know. I, they, I mean, they do every 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 once in a while. Oh, do they? Yeah, they, they, okay. they brought it back, and I think they have to bring it back and let it rest, and then they bring it back. I mean, it's great. But I have I have an idea that I'm, I'm, I'm flirting with, um, with Stefan in that space. Really? Yeah. I mean, Stefan's just, he's such a talent, and he's gone on to do 
amazing work with Judd Apatow and he's wow and and um and others he did the he did uh, the graphic work on montage of heck oh um, wow which the, is like the, so much of that movie yeah I mean, that's so no he fun. really is a super super talent and I call him whenever I can I I used him when I was at Esquire Network on a on a on a couple of projects and when you can kind of pry him away from his very busy schedule and and so I'm I'm working on something with him trying to trying to bring his magic to television in a very unique and different way which would be fun but anyway so that started my development run at VH1 uh I got sort of a little dismayed at VH1. I kind of felt like it was going down a, a, I don't know, I just wasn't in love with some of the stuff that they were What's an example? I, I'm not like, I'm well, not remembering. The, some of the, like, you know, I, I didn't, um, uh, I didn't love, there was one offsite. It, 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 look, they were, they wanted me to kind of re-sign I was, you know, obviously I wanted more than they were willing to resign <laughs> me for. So I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to go look around. Yeah. And so I was looking around. And then I had a project called Click, which was a photography competition series that I quite frankly didn't love. And everyone was like, that's really good. And I was like, oh. <laughs> and then, uh, and also I didn't love the Tila Tequila. I love oh. Sally Ann's work. I do. Right. But I didn't love, I did not love the Tila Tequila thing. What didn't you like about well, it? Well, because I always, I thought the early, I thought the early stuff, celebrity, the 51 Minds stuff. Right, surreal has life. a real, like, Campy. a real, and a real wink and a nod right. to the audience. And it was making fun. Right, we're in it on was, it. It was, and it was, it was, it, it was, it was that really that fine balance of of celebrating these celebrities, but also poking fun of them. Yeah. Because they were, but you were allowed to poke fun because they were our celebrities. Yeah. And also, I thought, and I thought the the, the Fifty One Minds stuff was super brilliant in that they were making fun of reality TV yeah. as much as anything. It was kind of meta. And there was, yeah, and, and I don't know. I just didn't think the Tila Tequila stuff had that level It was too straight ahead, of, yeah. It was like, oh, she's, she's going right. to kiss boys and she's going to kiss girls. And it, I don't know. I just, <laughs> and anyway, those two things, and actually the Tila Tequila thing ended up moving over to MTV. Right, right, um, right, right. But I was like, and and I, anyway, I got a, I got the opportunity to come uh, out to work for Berman Braun here right. in California. And I had just bought a house. Yeah, I remember that in Bronxville. In Bronxville, yeah. and we and we we were living in an apartment in Bronxville. We bought a house, and then you got the. Job. And I came home to my wife, and I said, "You know what? Don't call the floor guy yet." I think it was gonna, really that quick. It was, yeah. Wow. Was like, and how many kids had you had at that point? I had two kids at that point. <laughs> two out of seven. No, and my just wife, three, it, yeah. it was that was a, a big thing. I mean, yeah. you know, I have a big family. Yeah, four brothers right. and sisters from New Jersey. New Jersey. Yeah, they, and my, your wife's from DC or Maryland. She's from DC. Yeah. Her brother lives in Montclair. Right. There was no so West we, Coast ties. No West Coast ties. But I did believe that um, the West Coast was that when you live in New York and you work in New York, that you're kind of under the radar. Uh, I know. Uh, and you're not. It took me so long to realize it. And so I, I, you know, I just, I, I did feel like I needed to come out here and look and, 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 uh, and Gail and Lloyd and a very, and I had a short run there, but, but I, but we sold a game show to ABC. So all of a sudden ABC executives knew yeah. who I was yeah. and we sold a, a you know, a, a block of programming to NBC that only one of the shows ended up ever airing on NBC. But, and then, so all of a sudden, 
you know, Ben Silverman and those guys. I mean, he knew me before, but like all of a sudden these people who were at the top of the game, I was now in that, in, in that mix. You're playing with the big boys. I was. And Gail and Lloyd, I mean, they're giants in our industry. So just to be able to be working under them directly is a huge deal. No, it was, it was, it was a really big deal and they had great ambition and, and, you know, and I think we, we, you know, again, sold a, sold two network shows in, I don't know, you know, seven months. And yeah, it was a it huge was, deal. It was fast. And it then did original um, True happen? I know I'm calling them truly original, but at the time it was true. Did True happen right after that? It did. It did. Um, I um, I was I was sort of available, um, and they and Stephen Weinstock heard that I was available, and 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 kind of came knocking. They uh, I did a show when I was at VH1 called Rock Mad with them. I remember and that. It was, I mean, it was funny. It was like wasn't it like people who was, like pass out of concerts? There, there and... were yeah. There was a there was a group of doctors here in California who were um, who were volunteers who would go to rock concerts. But again, a very different time. Yeah. Right? This was when <laughs> rock concerts when existed. You know, Corn and all these bands and there were people moshing in mm. stadiums and they were right. getting contusions and yeah. break, broken bones and they were getting hurt and drunk and drugs and all that. Um and so uh the and so we did this docu series following these things. The problem was a lot of the act, action was repetitive. It's like Right. You can only see so many. You need stitches. You're broken yeah. bone, and so. But that's anyway. how you got to know. That's so how I got just to, to be clear, Steven. yeah, they so they run now. Truly Original. It's yes. a one big huge company. They do. Yes. They're kind of most famous for like Housewives of Atlanta, but they've yep. done a gazillion other shows, and yep. and they're New York based. And they're New York based, and I had a great three year run with those guys, and I love them, and they are you know really just fun and um, and ambitious and. Um, and so, so you I, were hired just to be clear. You were hired to do their West Coast business. Yeah, they didn't have a West Coast, Coast presence uh, here to run their West Coast, and it was it was a great. That was a great, another really great yeah. run, and sold a, you know sold. Yeah, a bunch you were on of fire. Stuff. I remember catching up with you at Real yeah, Screen. Yeah, sold were like a bunch of stuff. Doing a, uh, a lot of spinoffs for Bravo. I I came in after Housewives of Atlanta had taken off, and uh, and sold a bunch of stuff, and um, and then um, and how is that working? I always wonder. Sort of, and I've done this a little bit too, but sort of, you know, you're the, you're the lone soldier out here. You're working on different time, uh, time. Why can't I think of the word? Uh, Time zone. Time zone would be the word. (laughs) (laughs) Hemisphere. Um, How was that? Did you mind sort of not being around people and doing your own thing? I had a small group of people here. I worked in the uh, Endemol USA offices. Oh, they were already owned by Endemol at that point? Yes. Got it. Um, I had a guy, Iradial, who worked. Oh with yeah, me. what's he doing now? His name um, just came up a couple weeks ago. Got, uh, he's got his own production company um, uh, called Haymaker. Oh uh, and right. They do, yes, um, Aaron, Char- somebody. Yeah, and Aaron, and they do Southern Charm. I remember. Right, I remember him from City Lights back in the day. Who Aaron? Or no, Irad. Uh, yes, Wasn't yes, he yes, over yes, there? Yes, yeah. Yes. And was there a VH1 connection with them? Um, yes. Dave Knoll. Dave Knoll. Okay, it all <laughs> exactly. It's exactly. all like the New York. Thing. And uh, and so so look it was uh, it was look Glenda and Stephen they were in touch yeah I don't think they're the hands off <laughs> they, they were types. in touch yeah I always I would always call one or the other on my way to work right or a lot of times both mm-hmm. so that was like you know I just got into that routine yeah and you know I look I'm I'm I was I'm busy I wanted to I wanted yeah. to sell yeah I wanted to sell and I yeah. was very anxious to sell and I was and I you know. Look, I put my head down and I was I was working and then all of a sudden someone tapped on my shoulder and it was NBC 
and NBC Universal, and it was a, there was a headhunter and also an internal HR person, and they said you were on the shortlist for this job, um, head of original content at the Esquire Network, which had not even launched yet. Not lo- well, yeah, it was. And by the way, it was not. It was it was G four at the time. Right, that's right. G4 they were turning the it into Esquire. And 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 then at that point, I didn't know it was going to be called the Esquire Network. Um, and I met Adam Stotsky. Yeah. By the way, who I just met for the first time last week, and when I said your name, he gave a look like, oh, <laughs> my boy, my boy. He's I like him. Oh, we have some amazing. mutual friends besides yeah, you. He's so ama- he's yeah, amazing. yeah. Great. I mean, a great so you had already known him no oh okay. Uh, actually that's not true i i um i knew his wife really from new york <laughs> wait who's his wife george ann okay. uh george ann uh but does she uh, work in the business uh no okay you just know everyone no. in new york uh my brother was friends with her um <laughs> so and, yeah so, and and so i think i met i think uh i met adam very briefly at um howard owens had a welcome to new york uh, welcome to la party for adam and george George Ann. Ah. And so I think I met Adam briefly that night, but okay. didn't, didn't know Adam and then met Adam. And I remember and, when, and, yeah. and so, and then, and so, um, and then, uh, that was, that came out of the blue. And, but that was the perfect, I mean, I remember when you told me you got that job and like, I can't think of a more perfect job, more perfect job for you. Yeah, Like was, you were born to be that like the face of Esquire. Well, thank you. Yeah, just your whole way, your metrosexuality. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was just a great a startup. I yeah, mean, just all of sort was, of ticked all the was, boxes. It, look, it was it was I don't, I don't it felt like a once in a career yeah. opportunity. I hope it you know, it feels like I've got the, an amazing gig now. Yeah. But it was like one of those things where the world everything lined yes. up. Yes. It, it really did line up. And you and started it from scratch basically. Started it from scratch. So this startup mentality within yeah. the within the confines of a much larger organization. So you had with the, resources. Yeah, and the resources and you had the you had that as your as your starting point, which is really powerful. And but but really bringing a, a startup mentality to it and then being able to be the, the you know one of the principal architects between be, behind what those programming choices were going to be and you know and it was a blast it was a blast and especially you know in the beginning when you're basically you're you're open your you know doors are open every producer's coming through the door wanting to pitch you you're looking at things that other networks right had had developed or passed on or weren't sure about. And so things like knife fight and what became Friday night tykes, you know? So where were those supposed to go? Uh, I think Friday night tykes was busted pilot at A&E. Okay. I could see that. Yeah. Great show. I mean, amazing. Is that sort of like your proud, if you had to pinpoint sort of your proudest show from I that? I love that show. Yeah, it was so beautifully done. It was a done. Great, great show. Was that the Texas, did they shoot that one? The Texas the te- crew. Yeah, that's and, now kind of become. Matt Morantz. Um, I don't know Matt. He's he, he's the executive producer. Okay. Um, but I remember seeing it just cinematically thinking yeah, like. Yeah, the Texas I, crew did, yeah. did, 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 the, did the cinematography and they, they did it. And you know, I mean, it was. It was this high, you know, documentary, elevated (laughs) premium content in the world of youth sports. And so you had these, these, you know, hard charging parents who believed that they were, what they were doing was, was really great and beneficial to their children, but was at times very, very hard to watch 
because they were pushing these little boys into places that were, you know, dangerous, you know, head, head injuries and football injuries. Um, and yet, you know, you could, what you also couldn't deny was that these kids were playing at another level for, right. for, for, for young, working. For, for little boys. So it was kind of working. And so there, that, that, um, that mix. And I think we were really careful, like we were going to be shooting a documentary. So we didn't want to, uh, sugarcoat it. We didn't want to protect the, 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 the coaches from their behavior. We didn't want to hide anything. And I think the, the, the end result, you felt that like that was really a balanced look at that world. Um, and, and, you know, and it was funny cause it immediately got, um, some negative attention which is great because uh, it's getting press. Yeah, because you think <laughs> because again, people have a hard time separating, you know, reality from documentary, well, and it's naturally occurring. It's not like you're creating this world. Right, right. I mean, it's already. But that's there. but the problem is, you know, on on first blush, it feels like oh, you're somehow complicit in this right, behavior. You're exploiting it. And I actually think that that Friday night tykes became a part of the conversation about whether youth sports should be absolutely at this, at this level and whether. Kids should be playing tackle football at this age, and yeah. you know who knew where it was going to end up. Yeah, but the fact that we were exposing it, yeah, I think is was helpful. It's huge. That. It wasn't, you know. And by the but by the way, look, I'll also admit the opposite side of that was the Texas Youth Football League ended up getting more popular because of the series as well. That's so always going to happen, of course. A, you know, it's a player going to play. <laughs> it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a, it was a, it was a, it was a mix, but it was really fun and it was exciting to be a part of it. But look, I was, a, I was proud of a lot of the stuff that we did. Yeah. I was going to ask you, is there something, cause there's so much that you did in that time. Is there a huge swing that you took that didn't work that you feel like should have, and it still kind of sticks in your craw? Hmm. Or you couldn't get off the ground other than the shows I pitched you. <laughs> uh i mean towards the end we were you know we were chasing stuff down on the border with lucky eight uh-huh uh, we were okay. we were down on the border with lucky eight we had a good uh a really great opportunity um that that you know didn't go forward we we had another uh another war doc about um uh, what's it called when you get paid to go fight a war <laughs> when you get oh uh, like contractor like military yeah, contractors guys, guys american soldiers who were who were you know interesting in afghanistan and syria yeah. and places like that, that right you know, and that's the cool thing too about esquire it's kind of like it's got it's a particular brand but with a wide swath you can cover because you can yeah. do sports well, you can we, do war yeah can... we thought so <laughs> yeah right <laughs> we thought so. it turned I mean, out yeah i mean no we thought so like look i thought we thought that you could do things like knife fight and, you know, cooking competition. Cause look, I think Esquire was known for, you know, food, drink, right. What kind of car should I buy? All of those things. Yeah. We did shows like car matchmaker. And yep. there were Spike. again, a lot of shows that fit that category. And yet at the same time, especially if you look back on the tradition of that magazine, it had a rich journalistic, you know, history. And so we were leaning on that. So when we were doing things like, Friday night hikes. It's like, well, yeah. Could you see Esquire covering a youth football league, sending a reporter down and and digging in? And so, look, we were quite comfortable with that 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 range. Um, and I thought, and and Adam and I talked a lot about that, and our team, we all talked about that a lot in the beginning, which was like, can we be can we be broad in topic and also broad in genre mm-hmm. you know I, I i was always frustrated when i was selling 
when you'd go to networks and they'd say, oh, well, we, you know, we don't, yeah, we right. don't do that. I, uh, we don't do that type. Of, and I'm like, yeah, well, but if it's a great idea in yeah, a great world, maybe you'd consider that's it. Right. That, that, that's right. I mean, you know, uh, our audience doesn't like, <laughs> you know, it's like, for, I, first of all, no one knows. No one right. knows. And, and, and there are plenty of examples where, right. Breaking the mold. I mean, Bravo's pretty- probably done it the most successfully, which is, you know, I'm, I shouldn't say that MTV, right. MTV over the years, there's not a, there's not a genre they haven't tried. And, 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 and in many cases, there's not a genre that they haven't been successful in. They've done game show, they've done live, they've done docuseries they've done scripted they've done yeah you know and 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 you know bravo's had a lot of success in that in that same way and i always think that if you find the common thread right and you know we were like men you know who were you know sophisticated smart educated affluent um could you be broad about genre and about topic and still hit that guy and you know, look, it, it was it was a great it was a, a great run. I think the 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 world caught up to the Esquire Network, and I don't think no one and I don't think anyone could have predicted it in the beginning. And I think, you know, um, that it's it was unfortunate. But again, I you know I I I, I see that NBC you know Comcast is launching a uh, uh, an SVOD. Um, you know, like a like a Netflix yeah, yeah. competitor. Right. And I'm like, maybe they'll yeah. <laughs> maybe they'll dust off some of the old Esquire stuff. Be great. And give it give it a, give it another. I mean, I'm assuming they will. Well, and I also feel like you could put any of those shows on Netflix now, and they would do really well. Yeah. Well, it's yeah, just interesting you. how that happens. Yeah. You but know? you know, look, and again, at that time, we were really chasing hot. You know, yeah. that elevated content That's what I'm saying. for TV in a way that most others weren't. You're ahead of the curve once again. Yeah. So before we move on to what you're doing now, yeah. since you had long stints at two networks and you're now a seller again, you've kind of been bouncing back and forth for yep. a long time as a, as a TV executive, cause a lot of producers listen to this. What's kind of, you know, you've worked with so many different producers and production companies. What would you say are the things that drive you crazy about producers? What are the things that make you make a perfect marriage with producers as a net on the network side? On the network side, look, it, you know, and that you take with you now as a producer. Yeah. Um, I think what you what what most producers and look I was I was pretty high up on the food chain at the Esquire network. Yeah. Most producers what they don't understand is getting me to fall in love with something is it's only the, the first, first step. step. Yeah. And by the way like I, I was very clear I used to say to people uh you know I like a lot of stuff but I have to it, when you only get 15 swings a year, which is yeah. basically what we were getting at Esquire. You have to love all 15 of those swings. And I liked a lot, but, but, you but even when you loved, love. it didn't, but even mean... when you love you now, then your job internally is how do I get everyone here to sort of buy yeah. in? There's, you other, tried. Remember we had the Rappaport show? Yeah, of we course. tried so we hard try. on that we, and we it just couldn't. Adam was we, just not into no, it. Uh, you yeah. know, it, it, it. Look, and you know, because, and I'm always, always trying to figure out like what's our what's the angle right what's the angle in and 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 should we be looking at you know and that for was like sports betting yeah. um and and it, you know a, a a guy's guy's topic but doing it with Michael Rappaport a comedian and and right. one that sort of speaks to that audience yeah. and felt like the, a worthy shot so i you know i push yeah but the push 
is you got a lot to push. That's it, yeah, the thing. It's a, and it's a and it's a battle. And again, yeah. when you only have a certain number of slots and you right. only can do a certain number of things. So are you saying producers don't get that? I think a lot of producers don't don't fully realize that. I always say that the minute you walk into a, a network, the minute I work in Esquire. They like hand you the pragmatic hat and your hat goes on and all of a sudden everything that you, yeah. you know, I had ideas because I had ideas of course, that I wanted to bring ideas. in. Yeah. I was like, well, I was pitching this five minutes ago and now I want to buy it. Yeah. And all of a sudden, well, maybe, maybe right. that's not Would exactly that work? right. Yeah. So does that dampen your creativity then? I mean, just being honest. Well, it narrows it. Yeah. It narrows it. You know, look, and then every, every, and then everything you try that doesn't work. Right. Then it's like, well, food didn't work. We can't do can, food again. It continues to narrow that. Yeah. <laughs> narrow. That, quite frankly, the hard part of being at, at the network side, yeah. which is, I mean, look, it was, I mean, the beauty of when we were, when G4 was just, when I was just started there and we were just thinking about becoming the Esquire network was, a wide open canvas so we could try a lot of stuff. Yeah. That, I mean, that's the most fun ever. Yeah. But the minute you try something and it doesn't work, well, then all of a sudden that, well, we've yeah. already tried that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And look, and then when you start thinking about these legacy networks, the networks that have been around forever, like, yeah, everything has been tried once or twice. And sometimes it's, you know, maybe it, it, there's a way to try something in a slightly Tweak different it. way. Yeah. Or, you know, I mean... Marie Kondo is that yeah, she, I mean. you know she's it's hoarders but she, she's but with a but in Japanese with, with a very but with a you know with a this tiny little with sweet this woman. character and a book and so all of a sudden they can go back into a genre that worked very very well and reinvent it and god bless that you can but you know what's interesting that you bring that up it just makes me think do you think that if that show was on A&E as you know hoarders 2.0 would it do well well, look, I I don't I don't know I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, I say no. Uh, prob- maybe not. Look, thank God. Look, I always say <laughs> to people, thank God for Netflix. Right? right? Thank God for Netflix. It's they're just... doing stuff that that linear networks. And even yeah. when we were at our end at Esquire, when you know, I kept saying, look, God, you yeah. know, I would love to have been able to do Chef's Table. Right. But I tried things like that yeah, at the beginning of Escort. They didn't work. Yeah. And so you move on and yeah. you realize that we need stakes and yeah. we need to, we need to pay off and we need, you know, yeah. it can't be this lyrical poem, but God bless Netflix because they can do lyrical poems. Yeah. You know? But also people are watching it. Yeah. That's the thing. It's yeah. not like well, they're it's also bombing because, on Netflix. No, because they, they can, you know, I think they're, look, they're this massive thing that's in everyone's life now and right. they can aggregate and so if you're a lover of documentary and if right. you're a lover of fine things it's all data you go find it you know finding a network <laughs> out of 500 on your channel <laughs> right. and you know and no, that, that's true and that and that's that was that was what was hard for esquire every time you turned on esquire we look we were yeah. running movies we yeah were where running, is it you know you know old, so you weren't always guaranteed to land on something like the elevated content that we were, the original stuff that we were producing. Yeah. So it's hard. Right. And it's really hard. And, so, and that was, that, that was, that was the really, that, that was the takeaway. It was just, as, it's just hard. It was just hard. <laughs> and it, and it was really fun. And it was, and it was very, very well supported internally at yeah. NBC. Yeah. You and, and but I the felt numbers, like they yeah, gave you gotta us, get the numbers. they gave us so much support and, and. That's nice to hear. It was amazing. 
So yeah. that ultimately Esquire went away and and then you got what I always say is my dream one day, which is one yeah. of those amazing I, packages. Yeah, I got no, I got time. I got I got time some and time. money. I got some time to figure it out, which yeah, is really with amazing. some money which so you is, didn't have to worry. Yeah, I didn't have to worry. And um, so how did Q so we're at by the way, we're at your offices. Yeah, so uh, I'm at, I'm working now um uh, as president of our house media, which is one of the Q media companies. Um I, Which is based in in Canada. Uh, Our House Media and Q are based in Canada, in yeah. Toronto. We're uh, a publicly, Q Media is a publicly traded company on the Toronto Stock Exchange. Wow. Look it up. <laughs> Fancy. Uh, and, um, Huge, by the way. We're surrounded by all these movie posters. Yeah. They distribute a ton of, yeah, of features. They, they, and, they, we, look, so and the Michael Jackson I just saw. And, and they, they're doing Leaving Neverland. Yeah, yeah, Q Media Distribution is distributing that movie. Um, crazy, crazy. They were just talking, we were just talking there there are bus ads in wow. in London basically saying, you know, believe the facts. People lie. The facts don't. Um, wow. People kind of going after it. Um, but oh, so I, I met um, Simon Lloyd and Joe Houlihan. Joe's wife, uh, Joe ran RDF USA. Joe's wife, Dagmar, was the showrunner on season one of Celebrity Fit Club. Oh my God. <laughs> Who is it? Who is she? Uh, Dagmar. She was, she was, she, okay. she, she, uh, showrun it in the UK. Oh, and so we brought her oh. over. So oh, she, I didn't realize that's where it started. Yeah. So she showran uh, oh, season geez. one of Celebrity Fit Club for us. Okay. So you've known these it, guys. So I, I knew Joe and, and Simon was again, just, I mean, they're two just very memorable characters yeah. from this world and what i always i loved about them was they were so, they were always so much fun to meet with and you know so i've been i would they would pitch me <laughs> and i just always remember uh having a great time in you know seeing those guys and 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 uh hearing from them and so they uh they found out that i was available and i had a had a, had a meeting with them and you know that it, you know that 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 sort of magical little courtship and the dating thing where it was like, I have these ideas. Do you want to hear them? And they yeah. would say yes. And then they were like, that's really good. And, and so, did anyone, did your position exist before you? Did someone run? No. The, okay. So no, they there was basically no, opened this. There was no president of, okay. of, of, um, of us, you know, of us. I think that they're the, uh, selling to Q our house sold to Q media allowed them to, you know, got put it. This, yeah. together, which is great. That's amazing. So let me ask you this. So you were at Esquire how many years? Five years. Uh, a little bit shy of so five years. So you have been out of the, game, the selling game yeah. for six years. Yes. What has changed now? Like, what are the main things that you're noticing that just when you were at True were just not happening, um, good and bad? Well, I think the, I think, look, I think the good, the good is there's, they're more, they're more, they're more sell uh, more buyers than ever yeah. just awesome yeah there's and and there are people buying and things. more sellers <laughs> yeah um, of course always more sellers and that's the negative right yeah. there's you know i look there's a thousand there's thousands of us and hundreds of them yeah you know and that's always going to be tricky and hard um and uh but there's also people buying things that again like that i fa- that i would have f- fallen in love with at escort so i actually the things that I naturally gravitate towards are things that are viable, right? And that's that was not, you know, when I started at Esquire, there weren't many people who were looking for this elevated premium content. Right. It's and a great so, time. So there's, so you can still play in that. 
I also like loved. Look, so I mean that. I mean, and, and so that that's in, in a nutshell. There's more sellers. That's hard. There's also just again another five years of we've tried all of that. <laughs> Everyone's tried everything, and so it's very very hard to find something that hasn't been tried before. And so you have to kind of figure out is there a way to slice or dice this idea in a slightly different way that makes it sellable, right? Yeah, or right. Can what's you, the extra layer? Or can you package it, yeah. right? And so that and the, and those are the things that I learned. And again, I've learned over years. But right. when I was at Esquire, I was like, how do you bulletproof an idea? Yeah, because every it time some, something would come in that I loved, and I'd be like, okay, yeah, but now how am I going to actually get this thing to be greenlit? Yeah, how do I bulletproof this? And sometimes it was packaging. Yeah, sometimes it's the idea, obviously a great piece of tape. And so you bring those things with you. They become part of your bag of tricks. And my bag of tricks is now <laughs> I'm going to package this. I'm going to yeah. we're going to make great tape. Yeah. We're going to obviously come up with a really you know great idea, hopefully in the reverse order <laughs> right. um, and just figure it out yeah. so that when you walk in, you can say to the the buyer, look, I know how hard it is. I know, yeah, right. I hope I can get you. you to fall in love, but then I'm going to help you. Yeah, sell it up. Sell it up and make other people fall in love with this idea. That's really the, the game. It is. And, and harder and, you know, harder than ever. But again, more places buying and more people buying. And so, you know, we've had, knock on wood, some early success. I've been here for a year now. Can you say anything that you've got going? I mean, I, I can mention the things that have been announced. Okay. Uh, well, ter, you know, uh, Turner, uh, TNT and Turner announced this Gen Alliance project um, that we've got in development right now. With so them. Gen Alliance from J. Crew. Gen, Gen Alliance from J. Crew. Okay, I missed she's, that. So tell me. Uh, she's, um, so I Love her. I, yeah, she's amazing. Yeah. She's amazing. I met. What does she do now? Uh, well, that's what, okay. that's what the show is going to be about. Oh, really? Yeah, that's what the show is going to be about. I met Jenna through a friend. Yeah, you know. Out here. No, it's funny. Oh, like, she's I, here? Why do you think she's she, in New York? She is in New York. Okay. She was out here having a coffee with a friend of mine. Okay. I saw them from across the room. <laughs> I walked over and he's like, oh, let me introduce you. And I was like, it was this of guy. Of course, J you already knew who she was. Jay Goodman, who was at CAA for years okay. and has this uh, company called the Observatory Agency. And he's having coffee with this woman who I've just, you know, <laughs> of course forever you was like, she is the know, goddess of yes, the goddess of my style. Like yeah. that's what, you know, who set the, <laughs> <Right>. the, what <laughs> I look like, yeah. the way I dress. Yeah. And Red so uh, he's like, Oh, let me introduce. You. I said, you don't have to do so. I know who you are. I'm <laughs> you such bowed a down. fan. I was yeah. like kind of gushing. Yeah. And, um, and then I like three days later, I saw him. He was driving by me in his beautiful little Porsche. Right. Like, I need and her he, number. And he lowers, he's always, he goes, hey, Matt, Jenna Lyons thinks you have great style. And I was like, oh, oh my God. God. Right. You could die <laughs> I happy. I ran home and I told my wife, I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> That's it. I was you so don't excited. have to do anything else in life. And so I um, ended up um, introducing her to the to the people at Turner, Michael Bloom and Jenny Ramirez yep. and Kevin Riley. And, uh, and they've just really, you know, why did you, why them? Like not, uh, not nothing uh, against them. I'm just wondering like why Kevin, you thought they were because the right Kevin, uh at, uh, at one point asked me if I had anything in my, on my development list that I would have greenlit for mm. Esquire, but more for a female audience. Oh, I love it. Yeah. So they fell in love with her, so obviously. Her. So we're we're, yeah. we're we're in development with these guys right now. Oh, that's and exciting! Super exciting. She's so great. Like yeah. she's she's this. 
She's a gender bender. She's like this re- relatable, like she's she's got a little bit of like the Martha Stewart thing. Yeah. She's just got style for days. Yeah. Uh, and but but ridiculous relatable. I don't know if you know any of her backstory, but she. Well, grew I know up- the painting. The, I know that she let her son paint his nails, and then that started like a firestorm on the crazy, internet. All right. these crazy. Which I was like, go you. That's yeah, amazing. Right. All these crazy little things. But right. she grew up out here in Southern California, okay. and she had like this rare genetic disease. And, oh God. And, yeah, and so was sort of bullied as a, as a kid, and and um, and then found fashion. You know, her mother's urging for her to find a creative outlet. Found fashion, and all of a sudden, the cool kids at the at high school were like, "What are you wearing?" And it was <laughs> stuff that she had made. And so, like, it's just this, it's just a fairy tale story. And I yeah. think we are uh, hopefully going to capture the next chapter of her fairy tale. Oh, I can't wait! Yeah, and then she'll really come cool. on the podcast to promote it. There you go. Perfect. I like it. All right, so we're wrapping up. Is there anything that you want to add? I usually have some stock questions. How are you? How are you doing? I'm doing Everything good. Thanks. Good? So let's are turn the happy? table. Yeah, I'm happy. Yeah. Well, you know, I went over the years. So you moved out here. What year was it that you moved out? Uh, 2007. Yeah. Summer and of I, 2007. And I've always wanted to move out here, but I had stepsons and I couldn't. But I remember asking you about, I think when you were an Esquire and you said, you know, the thing about the West Coast is that we're first to everything. We're the first with healthy foods. We're the first. <laughs> with the, and you rattled off like six things. And I was like, he's so obnoxious right now, but he's not wrong. <laughs> he is not wrong. I did. I had you my, drank the Kool-Aid early. I had my girls, I had my girls draw a poster of California, my, because my niece was was it. deciding to come to California, deciding whether or not she should come to California to call, for college. She goes to UCSB now. Oh, and that's like my so dream she, school. We drew a map of California, and I was like, like, let's draw all of the things that started in California. <laughs> See, you're obsessed. Yeah, I am obsessed. Well, also, I, obsessed. You have, I think there's, there's a lot of also justifying living here, especially to the East. Like, I don't know how you grew up, but like, People did not like L.A. from New York. Like in my experience, it was sort of like the New York snobbiness. Of yeah. Like, why would you live there? Like yeah. sort of the old Woody there, Allen there, movies. Like, there's a lot of people here that yeah. are like, oh, New York, I could never. And like, I'm like, I don't get that. Yeah. And I also don't get I people in New do. York are like, how could you ever? Like, yeah. people right. are crazy. I mean, right. all I got to see is, <laughs> what, what was that Barbara Streisand movie? The way we were, right? <laughs> I mean. Everyone needs a California chapter. Right. Everyone needs a California right. chapter. It's the best. It's, yeah. It, Day to day, it's so it is so much easier living here than in living in New York. And I love New York's New York. tough. New York's really hard. There's hard. nothing I always say. There's nothing like New York. There's no way to compare right. it to anything else. It stands on its own. However, and I was saying this to someone this morning, which is like, you know, I was in Philly before we moved out here. So to go to change lifestyles in terms of what you can get for your money is is a shock. Like I just paid double for my yes. house that's a thousand square feet smaller yes. than my house in yeah, Philly. The, However, yeah. if you come from New York, it's yes. the same, same and you get a yard and yeah. you get a pool. Square footage <laughs> wise, it's pretty much yeah. the same so, here as, as in New York. Right. And it's you get everything else. Yeah. So look, and, and the and weather. And look, and and, but I'm a big like I'm a pro and a con of everything. Right? <laughs> right. Like you can't, look, can't get it all. The, the energy that you feel yeah. on a Thursday night at six o'clock in New York City when you leave an office and you're like I know. people are out and yeah. you can and like you don't get that here ever. You don't. You just yeah. don't. It's like you you know, you'll you have to kind of find your motivation here. It doesn't have the same vibe. It doesn't have the same energy. It doesn't it New York on certain nights just there's a pulse yeah. and you're like oh my god yeah like, and I always wonder if that's like the phase in our lives because we have kids and families but I think but even when I go back I feel that energy and, you, and, yeah. and again it's it's like that 
late spring, yeah. early summer. Yeah, it's I a always buzz. think like six o'clock. Yeah, on the, I know exactly uh, what and, you mean. Like, it's light out finally. It's nothing, <laughs> nothing like that here. Yeah, you know, and and I really, I mean, I've had this rant before, and we're now at like fifty-five minutes, fifty-four oh five. Where I don't like the summers in Los Angeles because yeah. people hear that lobotomy of it's always nice. It's seventy degrees. What do you, you know, like I'm like hey, guys, it's Memorial Day weekend. Let's celebrate. <laughs> That's and, hilarious. And they don't. People well, I don't, don't even. I mean, I'm finding myself now three over three years in. I don't even know what time of year it is most of the time. Like I well, literally. Yes, you got to. Yeah, like just check I, someone this morning was visiting from the East Coast. I had breakfast with them, and I said, "Well, you know, being in." And I couldn't find the month in my head. I'm like, yeah. I don't know what month we're in because the sun was beating down on my head at nine in the morning. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and it's kind of disorienting. It is. It is. But and I kind of love I mean, it. But that's. But yeah. But that is. And I think that's part of the. I mean, besides the you know legal marijuana, that's part of the lobotomy <laughs> nature. You know, reputation. Like, hey man, because hey. like, it's always seventy two yeah. and sunny. Yeah. Although it's, we've had kind of a shitty winter, but that's well, yeah. yeah. But I mean, you feel like you can't complain. It feels like a winter. Exactly. Like I actually love. I'm it. wearing a little jacket. I know. I loved it. You're in a yeah. jacket. Yeah. A sweater and yeah. I'm wearing a sweater, I know, like we a could wool be, sweater. Yeah. It's like winter. It's probably warmer on the East Coast yes. right now. Yeah. All but right, anyway. enough of this obnoxiousness. Can I do this again? Yeah. Well, I've only had one repeat guest Uh-oh. in like 80 podcasts, so I need to wait like two more years. All right. Well, we'll if I have something two. big, or maybe I'll introduce you. Maybe I can come on to the Jenna one. Yeah, that would be fun. <laughs> yeah, worm your way in there. I'll <laughs> take course. it. If I have to get two for one for Jenna, I will. All right. Well, I hope I was. I hope I was uh, entertaining. Always entertaining. That's why I wanted. That's why I've been chasing you for two years. Thank I knew you'd be good. Thank I you, love Matt. You. I love you too. Mwah, mwah.